You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This week's top stories include the Uvalde, Texas School District increasing security measures, assault allegations are made against Uber drivers, and Connecticut senators sponsor a bill to protect women traveling across state lines to have abortions. Here's your national news recap for the week of July 8th. I'm Megan Steckler with your national news recap. The next hearing of the House committee investigating last year's Capitol riot is expected to focus directly on former President Trump. Specifically, it's set to dive into Trump being silent from the point when he addressed a rally prior to the riot to when he called on rioters to leave the Capitol. Virginia Democrat Elaine Luria told ABC News the time span lasted just over three hours. She and Illinois Republican Adam Kinzinger are set to lead the yet-to-be-scheduled hearing. The school district in Uvalde, Texas, plans to add more school police officers and stiffened security measures after the shooting that killed 19 children and two teachers in May. Added security will include new perimeter fencing around schools, more security cameras along with upgraded doors, door locks, and access points. A statement says the district plans to pay for the upgrades with money from the $1 million donation by the NFL's Las Vegas Raiders. More than 500 women who claimed they were assaulted by Uber drivers are now suing the ride-hailing service. A lawsuit filed Wednesday says female passengers in a number of states were kidnapped, sexually assaulted, sexually battered, raped, falsely imprisoned, stalked, harassed, or otherwise attacked by Uber drivers. The San Francisco law firm that filed the suit criticized Uber for what it called lax policies related to driving background checks and enforcement. Connecticut Senators Richard Blumenthal and Chris Murphy are co-sponsoring a bill that would protect women who travel across state lines to have abortions. The Freedom to Travel for Healthcare Act would make it clear that anti-choice states cannot limit travel for abortion services. It would also allow prosecutors to take civil action against those seeking to restrict a woman's rights to cross state lines to receive reproductive care. Blumenthal and Murphy are among numerous Democratic lawmakers sponsoring the bill. Some New Yorkers are alarmed by the new ad that shows how to survive a nuclear attack. New York City emergency officials released a public service announcement this week about what to do in case of a nuclear attack. A spokesperson for NYC Emergency Management said Wednesday that there's been no direct threat to the city, but they felt it was important to address the topic. New York Mayor Eric Adams gave his approval to the 90-second video and denied that it was alarmist. The White House National Security Advisor said Wednesday that the federal government did not play a role in the video. A 43-year-old woman is facing several charges, including DUI, after allegedly leading police on a high-speed pursuit across three Washington counties in a U-Haul truck. The Washington State Patrol says Wednesday morning's chase led officers more than 70 miles across Whatcom, Skagit, and Snohomish counties on I-5. 
Police say the woman was seen throwing a bong out of the truck's window at one point. The pursuit reportedly began just after midnight when Lummi National Police tried to pull the woman over for suspected DUI after she was allegedly seen swerving out of her lane and driving into oncoming traffic. The chase ended in Everett when the woman ran out of gas. U.S. health officials say a hack of a healthcare debt collector exposed the records of nearly 2 million patients. Professional finance company posted a notification to its website that it had been the target of a ransomware attack in February. The agency said it notified affected medical providers about the attack in May. PFC said there was no evidence of personal information being misused, but it may have been assessed by an unauthorized third party. Letters are being sent to individuals who may have had data stolen in the attack. A man's $80,000 prosthetic leg has been recovered after it came disconnected and sank almost 50 feet to the bottom of Sunrise Lake in Oakland County, Michigan. Brandon Smith was floating on a raft with his six-year-old son when his leg fell off. The Oakland County Sheriff's Office dive team recovered the leg in good condition within the hour. Hurricane Darby is a Category 3 storm again. It re-intensified from a Category 2 late Wednesday afternoon with maximum sustained winds of 115 miles per hour. Darby is moving west across the central Pacific and is about a thousand miles from Hilo, Hawaii. Despite picking up steam, the storm is not on a path to make a direct impact with the Hawaiian Islands, but it could still bring heavy rain to the state this weekend. Dozens of people are unaccounted after heavy rain triggers major flooding in southwest Virginia. Over a hundred homes sustained damage on Wednesday. Governor Glenn Youngkin has declared a state of emergency. Buchanan County Sheriff's Office Chief Deputy Eric Breeden says they are attempting to make contact with 44 people, but stressed Wednesday that they have not been yet declared missing. BA5 is driving a sixth COVID wave nationally and in the New York tri-state region, excluding detection. It is not more severe, but Dr. Linda Virgil of Somos Community Care in the Bronx says it's tougher to detect and very good at reinfecting. She says people with symptoms may test negative on the first test, so they should get retested. More than 2,200 New Yorkers are in the hospital with COVID, about half in New York City. That's comparable to the February surge seen with Omicron. The CDC has labeled all five boroughs, Westchester, and six New Jersey counties high risk, recommending masks indoors again. A federal judge is again denying Steve Bannon a delay of his criminal contempt of Congress trial, which is set to start next week. Bannon is a former top Trump advisor who ignored a subpoena to testify before the January 6th House committee. Bannon's lawyers cited numerous references to their client during this week's committee hearing and warned about a very serious risk of juror prejudice going into the trial. They also complained about a one-hour documentary on Bannon that airs on CNN Sunday night. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your National News Recap. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. Ivana Trump, ex-wife of former President Trump, dies at age 73, ABC News reports. The former president said she died at her home in New York City. Ivana Trump was Donald Trump's first wife. They had three children together, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump. Our mother was an incredible woman, a force in business, a world-class athlete, a radiant beauty, and a caring mother and friend, the Trump family said in a statement. Ivana Trump was a survivor. She fled from communism and embraced this country. She taught her children about grit and toughness, compassion and determination, the family said. 
She will be dearly missed by her mother, her three children, and ten grandchildren. Coming from the New York Times, Sri Lanka's president resigns after months of protest. President Godobaya Rajapaska of Sri Lanka fled his country early Wednesday after months of fervent protests, blaming him for the country's economic collapse and widespread hardship, officially resigned on Thursday, setting off celebrations in his homeland. Mr. Rajapaska submitted his resignation by email from Singapore, where he traveled after first fleeing to the Maldives. Mr. Rajapaska went into hiding on Saturday after demonstrators stormed his official residence in Colombo, the Sri Lankan capital, before leaving the country on Wednesday. Even as news that the president had stepped down filtered out, the protest movement that forced out the island's nation's powerful political dynasty over the country's financial ruin largely continued as it has for months. Speeches and music blared from a main stage in Colombo, where protesters strategized in tents dotting the scenic seaside. Protesters blamed the Rajapaska dynasty for the mismanagement of the country's economy, which is essentially out of money and running low on fuel, food, and essential medicine. Activists on Thursday were struggling to keep things calm and ensure that a mass citizens movement does not help tip a country still grappling with a legacy of a decades-long civil war into outright anarchy. Over the three months of protest, they have doggedly protected their reputation as a peaceful movement but the political elites infighting over the vacuum of power left by the fleeing of President Gotabaya Rajapaska now tests their patience. In an effort to reduce tensions, protest organizers on Thursday announced that they will be pulling out of most government buildings that they had occupied, including the presidential mansion. They have taken care to keep the historical buildings intact, assigning volunteers to clean up after the hordes of visitors and discouraging rowdy youngsters from climbing the mango trees in the garden or damaging the antique furniture. And lastly, North Korea backs independence of breakaway regions in Ukraine. North Korea has become one of the few nations in the world to recognize the independence of two Russian-backed separatist regions in eastern Ukraine in support of Russia's war against its neighbor. Ukraine's foreign ministry cut off its diplomatic ties with North Korea in response and condemned Pyongyang's decision as undermining Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. North Korea has repeatedly blamed the United States for the crisis in Ukraine, blaming the West's hegemonic policy justified Russia's offensive in Ukraine to protect itself. North Korea's state media said Thursday that the country's foreign minister, Cho Sun Hoi sent letters to leaders in the breakaway regions of Donetsk and Luhansk a day earlier to convey the North's decision to recognize their independence and its willingness to develop diplomatic relations with both. Luhansk and Donetsk together make up the Donbas region, a mostly Russian-speaking region of steel factories, mines, and other industries in Ukraine's east. Separatists have controlled parts of both provinces since 2014. But Russian President Vladimir Putin recognized their independence only shortly before the invasion began in February. Syria has since recognized their independence as well. And that's your international news report for this week. I am Carly Murray, and this is the local news. Two 14-year-olds are facing murder charges in the death of a 73-year-old man. According to Philadelphia police, the man was attacked by a group of teenagers on Cecil B. Moore Avenue on June 24th. The victim was beaten with a traffic cone. 
A quadruple shooting in West Philadelphia Wednesday night left four people injured, including a two-year-old child. Shots were fired at a car and three out of the four passengers were struck. This incident is still under investigation. A man was shot near Philadelphia City Hall on Thursday afternoon on a subway platform. The shooting occurred near Market and North 15th Streets and a 19-year-old man was rushed to the hospital in critical condition. A teenager was charged Thursday in connection to the fatal shooting of a 19-year-old in Asbury Park last week. The 16-year-old's charges include murder and weapons offenses. A small plane crashed in Hunterdon County near Sky Manor Airport on Wednesday. The pilot suffered minor injuries. The NAACP National Convention kicked off Thursday in Atlantic City. The theme of the 113th Annual Conference is This is Power. A major focus of the conference that runs through Wednesday will be November's midterm elections along with voter suppression. The bulk of the events will take place at the Atlantic City Convention Center with others at some of the city's hotels and casinos. The conference is expected to generate around $9 million for the city. MTV's Jersey Shore 2.0 will halt production following online criticism from the original cast. The new show was expected to film in Atlantic City. Police on Long Island are taking action following recent car thefts by gangs from New Jersey. Officials say unlocked cars in wealthy neighborhoods are being stolen by gangs out of Newark. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman and Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder say they have a plan to try and track down and arrest those responsible. Earlier this year, car thefts were up over 200%. A Long Beach man is being arraigned for the alleged murder of an Uber driver back in March. 23-year-old Sean Teamer was arraigned on murder charges in the death of the driver in Long Beach. He was also arraigned in a 2021 hit-and-run in Long Beach that severely injured a 74-year-old woman. He is due back in court on August 30th and, if convicted, could face up to 25 years to life in prison. Several council members are introducing a series of bills to try to lower the number of rats in New York City. One bill requires construction companies to submit a rat mitigation plan before permits get approved for a project, since rats are commonly found in construction zones. Another bill sets up formal rat mitigation zones that documents treatment and progress being made. A third bill would require trash cans in buildings with high rodent infestation to have materials resistant to rats. A mother is dead and her six-year-old son is injured after their motorized scooter crashed with an SUV Wednesday night. It happened around 6.30 p.m. on Dean Street and Crown Heights. Cops say the 32-year-old woman was pulling out of a driveway when the crash occurred. The son suffered cuts to his face and police say the two were not wearing helmets. The New York City Council is considering a bill that would replace horse-drawn carriages with electric ones by June 2024. This new bill, being introduced by Queens Democrat Robert Holton, has the support of a coalition of liberals and conservatives. It would raise drivers' wages and give them preference in getting licenses to operate electric carriages. It was announced on Monday that Leah Michelle will be taking over the role of Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl on Broadway. The role was originated by Barbara Streisand, but Leah Michelle is credited for reintroducing the musical to a modern generation in the television show Glee. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Sam DeTuchis with your Rowan News. 
Rowan University geology chair Dr. Harold Connolly Jr. has published articles along with other researchers about the distant capture of materials from a moving asteroid. In 2020, NASA spacecraft OSIRIS-REx landed on a near-Earth asteroid and captured material from its surface. It is now expected to return to Earth in September 2023 with its payload. Dr. Connolly will be a lead investigator of the materials retrieved once they reach Earth, but he and others on the research team have begun publishing widely on the mission and its early results, from findings about the composition of the asteroid to a breakdown of the process to collect materials from it. Dr. Connolly, who teaches in Rowan's School of Earth Environment and is also a co-investigator for a mission with the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, said many of the lessons from his work make their way into the classroom. He said, quote, Every week I give students updates on both missions. My entire mineralogy and petrology course is based around how we explore space, end quote. Even though the asteroid material is yet to make it back to Earth, the research team has already learned a lot about asteroids from the project. Dr. Connolly hopes to continue to answer more questions about space and the origins of life once the material arrives next year. Also in this week's news, the Rohr College of Business this summer hosted its sixth annual Think Like an Entrepreneur Summer Academy, a program that awards three transferable college credits to every high school student who completes it. 62 students completed the course this year, being tasked with addressing the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Dr. Michael Dominic, senior lecturer in the College of Business's School of Innovation and Entrepreneurship, said, quote, the assignment was to show students that they can impact our world through entrepreneurship, end quote. In June, Dominic and other faculty took this year's class to the UN in Manhattan to better understand how some of the international body's key initiatives are deliberated. Dominic also noted that this year, the program gave its 1,000th free credit hour. This milestone comes just as Rowan's Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship received international acclaim. Just last week, the center became an official knowledge hub of the International Council of Small Businesses, or ICSB. The organization's chair, Dr. Winslow Sargent, said the designation recognizes the spirit of innovation that runs through Rowan University's curriculum and campuses. I'm Sam Detuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report. Stay tuned for your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Welcome back to the Roan Report on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler along with the Roan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Roan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers are changing their stadium name since opening 21 years ago in 2001. Formerly known as Heinz Field will now be titled Accusure Stadium in 2022 and beyond. AccuSure LLC is an insurance company run by co-founder and CEO Greg Williams. AccuSure and Greg Williams won the bidding war against Heinz, who formerly paid $57 million over 20 years for the Steelers stadium name rights. Quote, they found a new partner willing to pay significantly more than we could justify, end quote, stated Kraft Heinz in a press release to the media. Speaking of Pittsburgh, former Pittsburgh Steelers Pro Bowl running back Le'Veon Bell announced to the media that he will not play in the 2022-2023 NFL season as he plans to shift his career to focus on the sport of boxing. Bell made this statement to the media while at a news conference promoting his fight against former Vikings Pro Bowl running back Adrian Peterson. This heavyweight battle between two former NFL greats will take place on July 30th at Crypto.com Arena, formerly known as the Staples Center and current home of the Los Angeles Lakers and LA Clippers. 
Bell and Peterson, both current NFL free agents, seem to have different mindsets when it comes to boxing and the NFL. Bell sees this as his introduction to success in the sport of boxing, while Peterson has left his future in the NFL open to consideration. Switching from the NFL to the NBA, let's talk about what's going on in Utah. Just one week out from the blockbuster Rudy Gobert trade that the Jazz made with the Minnesota Timberwolves, well, according to ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, surprise, surprise, the Utah Jazz are currently showing a willingness to possible trades scenarios regarding the three-time All-Star Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell, who grew up in the New York area, has been strongly tied to the New York Knicks in a trade scenario. New York inserts itself into Carmelo Anthony territory looking to acquire their first franchise star via trade since Carmelo Anthony from the Denver Nuggets in 2011. With New York recently signing Jalen Brunson to a hefty contract, expect the Big Apple to unload some highly regarded draft picks, prospects, and likely the contracts of Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, or Derrick Rose should they reach an agreement for Donovan Mitchell. And last but certainly not least, let's talk about the MLB. Don't look now, but America's teams have emerged midseason in the MLB. The underdog Seattle Mariners and Baltimore Orioles caught fire, winning 9 and 10 games respectively to put themselves in the thick of the AL wildcard race. Expect both sides to make substantial moves at the MLB trade deadline and buckle up for a wild few weeks of trade rumors, all-star game action, and home runs at the Derby. Speaking of the home run derby in Los Angeles, let's take a look at the current confirmed participants. Prepare yourselves for a star-studded cast on July 18th, as this year's derby will include Pete Alonso, Ronald Acuna Jr., current NL home run leader Kyle Schwarber, MLB legend Albert Pujols, Juan Soto, rookie sensation Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, and Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the professional sports world right here on the Rowan Report. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. State officials are calling out some wasteful spending by dozens of New Jersey towns when it comes to paying out sick leave. Controller Kevin Walsh says an OSC report found some 60 New Jersey towns to have wasteful sick leave policies, with 80% of them allowing employees to cash out sick time when they quit or when they get a new job. Walsh says the benefit can be costly to taxpayers and it is often against the law. He notes the report found 60% of towns allow payouts over $15,000, and nearly half have contracts allowing yearly payment. A new survey from the Federal Reserve is revealing a pessimistic outlook for the nation's economy. Lisa Taylor has more. The Fed's Beige Book revealed its districts across the country had a mostly negative view of future economic growth. That comes as inflation is once again soaring to levels not seen in four decades. The latest consumer price index jumped 9.1% for the 12 months that ended in June. That kind of increase hasn't been seen since November 1981. When looking at only June itself, the CPI rose 1.3%. I'm Lisa Taylor. Twitter is suing Elon Musk in an attempt to make him follow through on his bid to buy the company. Stephanie Gosk with details. This morning, Twitter taking Elon Musk to court. The social media giant suing him for $44 billion in an effort to enforce their original merger agreement. The suit coming just days after Musk announced he was backing out of the deal to buy the company for the same amount. Twitter is accusing Musk of breaching a purchase agreement while causing share prices to drop. Musk said in an SEC filing last week that he wanted to withdraw from the agreement, arguing that the company was in violation of it after refusing to release info on 
spam and bot accounts. The Mega Millions jackpot is going unclaimed again. With no big winner in Tuesday's drawing, Friday night's drawing will be worth a staggering $480 million, but striking it rich isn't easy. The odds of walking away with all of that money are roughly 1 in 302 million. No one's won the multi-state lottery since April. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Amber Heard's claim about a fraudulent juror in her defamation trial with ex-husband Johnny Depp is being denied by a judge. Heard's lawyers filed documents claiming one of the jurors took the summons for trial from his father and that they shared the same name. The judge said there was no fraud because the summons didn't include a birth date. Heard also tried to argue the $10 million in damages awarded to Depp in the trial was excessive, which the judge denied as well. Britney Spears' former business management team faced a court hearing on Thursday to determine their role in the Spears conservatorship. The pop star's attorney claims TriStar Sports and Entertainment Group played a significant role in creating the conservatorship and has gained at least $18 million from Spears' estate during that time. TriStar has previously said they had no involvement in the singer's conservatorship, which started in 2008 and lasted 13 years, but Spears' team says internal emails from TriStar show otherwise. Top Gun Maverick is crossing the $600 million threshold at the domestic box office. With global sales added in, the film has brought in over $1.1 billion. This makes it the first movie to pass $1 billion in sales this year, and the second ever in the pandemic era behind Spider-Man No Way Home. Maverick is now the 12th highest grossing film ever at the domestic box office. It's now Paramount Pictures' highest grossing domestic film in the company's history, surpassing Titanic. A controversial Dave Chappelle comedy special is being nominated for an Emmy. The Closer is nominated for a variety special and directing a variety special. It drew controversy over language that was considered transphobic by some, and caused a walkout by Netflix employees after it was released. Chappelle has already won five Emmys in the past and was also nominated last year. A few iconic actors who have passed away are being nominated for Emmys. Black Panther actor Chadwick Boseman was nominated for Outstanding Character Voiceover for his role of T'Challa in the Marvel animated series What If. Boseman passed away in 2020 from colon cancer. Norm Macdonald gets a nod for Outstanding Variety Special for his stand-up performance called Nothing Special. Macdonald died last year after a battle with cancer. Actress Jessica Walter earned her second nomination two years in a row for her voiceover work in Archer. Actress Zendaya is breaking a record with one of her Emmy nominations. The 25-year-old is now the youngest woman ever nominated for producing for her work on the hit show Euphoria. She's also the youngest two-time lead acting nominee in Emmy's history. Zendaya picked up four nominations in total. She's also the first black woman to be nominated for acting and songwriting in the same year at the Emmys. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. That wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the entire Rowan Radio news team, I'm Megan Steckler. Have a great day.
You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.